can kick your fancy ales, you can drink them by the flagon, but the only food for the brave and true comes from the Green Dragon. Welcome to the Green Dragon. I have with me David. Greetings. Nick. Hello. And I am Jeremy talking about game plans and how to plan your games. Now, this episode, we want it to be aimed at a variety of players. So we've got a variety of hosts on. I, of course, am representing the people who are somewhat competent in the, the tactical nous. David is also representing people who are confident, but people who are probably a bit more aggressive than me. Would you agree, David? Also slightly accident prone. I've missed out on a number of masters through really obvious mistakes in hindsight. So if we're talking tactics, I think I've got some some words of warning to offer. That's good, yeah, because David definitely makes some mistakes. So it's good to be able to talk about that because mm-hmm. you learn from that. And we've got Nick representing the people who don't really have much of a game plan and have got a lot to improve. Isn't that right, Nick? Yes, I'm currently reading the Tactical Dictionary as we speak. I may not even speak at all on this episode. I'll just read the Green Dragon. But you offered definitely. a review for the original dictionary, didn't you? I did. Um, do you want me to read that out? Yes, yes, please do. Haven't looked at it, Nick. So now I'm looking at it. Okay, so we'll have to update your review. Got <laughs> that's it. right, that's right. So I'm going to go through some game plans. David is going to, to refer to his tactical dictionary about what they're called because I'm not great at remembering what things are called, I must This admit. is the best part of the tactical dictionary. And we'll talk about armies and, and ways you can use those plans. So hopefully you get something out of this episode. If you don't, too bad. You can ask for your money back from David. Yes. Uh, send in your non-profit and we'll send it back to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Some, something will happen. I don't know how that works. Our first game plan, we have... One of our favourites, one of the classic ones, set up as close to the enemy as possible and then get into combat as soon as possible. David, what's it called? So this could be one of several plans. The most common one that springs to mind is the reconnaissance in force. You are deploying as far forward as possible. You're applying maximum force early in the hopes that the opponent will panic under pressure. Is this the French one? The French one is a game type, not a game plan, but close. Oh, close. okay, okay. So the idea to do this is you probably don't have great quality missile troops. Mm. You've probably looked at the opponent's army and said, right, there's a mismatch. Mine are probably better at combat than, than my opponent, or I want the fight to be over the other side of the board. So it, it's, it's a really good one, and it can put people off quite quickly. Oh, I call this the punch and run. Punch and run, but there's no running in this but one. But you it's run just... first. You've got to get to them and then punch them. So yeah, this yeah. could be the run and punch, I run guess. Punch oh, it's it. like a big wind-up punch. Mm. So you're running forward and getting the momentum of the punch and then punching. Yeah, with the cartoon-style arm spin. And... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So the kind of armies I think we can use this one for, I personally like to use my Gundabed Orcs in this way mm. because they've got no missile weapons at all. So I deploy them as far forward as possible, yep. set up in a way that if I get charged, I don't care because I'll put my, my best defensive troops at the front. Mm. And my aim is to, to get into combat and then reassess. So it's literally get into combat as soon as possible, put my defense six orcs right in your face, deal with those, and then I'll start maneuvering and bring trolls in or whatever as the, the rear guard and, and get them in tactical positions. But it's just about almost mitigating the missile fire, mm. but also plugging, grabbing the other the person I'm playing against and locking them into combat. Because once they're locked into combat, I can go wherever I want. Mm-hmm. And I've got decent speed as well. So it works really well for that army. David, have you used this one before? This is my go-to tactic with Gondor. Um, because you can fit a lot of missile troops into a tin can list, but they're not known for their high damage output. So quite often you find yourself on the wrong side of the missile imbalance, so you just deploy everything you got in the middle and you Mm -hmm. push it forwards. You've probably got the numbers to encircle anything you collide with, and that effectively becomes plan one. 
just close with the enemy. I use it with elves quite a bit because I only play elves. But because of the higher fight, so if, if they've got more bows than you, which typically they, they can have, if you're playing something like Harrod or, or Rohan, you run forward and fight with the elves because they're higher fight. They're actually safer in combat than they are standing back mm. and getting shot. Although that's changed a little bit what I'm finding with the new rules with the defense five and six on the Galadrim and the, the Rivendell ones. But yeah, that higher fight really keeps you quite safe in combat. I think sometimes for elves, you might play a slightly modified version of it where your aim is to get some guys into combat and then maybe not everything in mm. because you then comes to a tactic we've got a bit later on, which is essentially like a character's monsters do most of the fighting one mm. where you put a couple guys that you know are going to outclass anyone and then everyone else almost puts back into support and sometimes will not engage if they don't have to. Yeah, I call it um, like boxing out. So I charge in and, and engage their front lines to minimize their shooting, but then I use the rest of the elves to kind of block the space yeah. and not let you get surrounded. Because you don't really want to throw them all in because you don't have enough numbers to, yeah, that's to right. go wall to wall. Yeah. What's that one called, David? Do you know? Uh, it depends which one. You're talking a lot of different tactics. So yeah. I'm talking so about where you lead forward, but your aim is to lead forward with a couple key models. So maybe an Aragorn or a Troll Chieftain or something that, that's that's pushing forward ahead and your whole aim is to get that person into combat and doing most of the combat. If you're planning to hit hard with two or three key models, do high damage early, then you're looking at a burnout, heroic slaughter, a big hero burnout even if you've got it all stacked on that one key model mm-hmm. like your um, Gothmog troll chieftain where he muscles up and gets extra my points. Yep. Mm. Would you do that with Gulivar or that's not really? I, oh, you can, but Gulivar works better as um, like everything else goes in first. And, he's and then like he, he, he attacks mm. once everything's locked in. The risk with Gulivar is if Gulivar goes in solo, most armies, if Gulivar takes on an army, Gulivar will lose. Mm. Uh, no strike, uh, low defense. Mm. If yeah. the enemy can One concentrate against it, it's, it's the perfect target for a flash kill. Yeah, okay. So, and we've talked about how powerful Gulliver is, but that's that's on the idea that you don't just run it forward and get it attacked by something that's got a strike. You've got mm. to you've mm. got to be patient enough to hold it back uh, because it flies. You can hold it back mm. at ten inches, eleven inches away from mm. the enemy, and just wait for the opportune time and duck in and out. And it's quite often in an army with magic, so it can go in against targets that cannot attack back. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yes, so you'd never want to send a Gulliver against a prepared position. Yeah, yeah you it's can suicide. throw a, a Witch King or a generic Ringwraith, transfix something, and as soon as it's transfixed, send in Gulliver, and it's no risk to Gulliver. It will just take it off. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that, but that's actually a good way of playing this one when you run up the middle. So an Angmar army actually doesn't mind doing that as well, mm-hmm. because if you run up the middle with it, then mm-hmm. you've got your Witch King or Gulliver to dance around and take on key targets. It's a really great strategy to run forward and engage if you're that kind of army where mm. the majority is you want to pin the enemy in place, you've got a few key models that need to do their work, then they can pick targets, but it also keeps them off your side of the board, which is great for some of those objective scenarios mm. or anything where they have to they have to maneuver around. It cuts down maneuver because you throw them forward, you engage them into combat, and they have trouble getting out. Mm. There are, however, quite a few types of armies that this tactic doesn't suit. Uh, for example, if you have a really small, really elite army, you don't have mm-hmm. the model count to stop the enemy from surrounding you. Yeah. So if you punch straight into them, the enemy formation will wrap you. You'll get caught in a macro trap. They'll squeeze you until there's just no room to back away. Yeah. And while their army is doing that, they've got models controlling the rest of the board. Mm. Yeah. And you don't want to do it with an old mounted army, like a, a Rohan or um, even Harrod, all mounted. I think because the, the strength of those armies is their movement and spreading out and, and picking off parts of the enemy army rather than just charging head on. Mm. There is one exception to that, which is the hero-heavy 
Rohan mounted list. Oh, yeah. Because those guys can hit hard enough that they can just launch one charge straight down the middle. Oh, yeah. So, again, you have to be that. careful what you're charging into. If it's fight six, mm. you're probably burning strikes. A lot of the newer Rohan heroes have strike. A lot of the older ones didn't. Mm. So, if you get like a Hummer or a Gamling trying to fight fight five or six troops, it's not going to end well. Mm. Yeah, I've got a, a sort of slightly modified version of that one where it basically the, your overall gameplay is just to kill as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. And that one that you talked about fits under that um, general umbrella. So, this is where... Sometimes it might be just opportunistic. Like if you set up separate, it's just, right, I'm going to throw every one of my guys into the opponent's guys, kill off a section of their army as quickly as possible, then reassess. Yep. Or it's something where you've got like um, impact hits or you've got really strong characters or yep. monsters or anything uh-huh. that, that's like high strength and wins fights reasonably well where you just go and try to kill as quickly as possible. The hunter orc tactic where it's yes. just get in there and just do as much damage as possible, kill quickly. If you're dying quickly, it's not a big deal, mm. but you're putting the pressure on the opponent by just... Mm-hmm. If something's dying as soon as possible. That Rohan All Hero one does it really well. As again, oh. Hunter Orcs I like for it. I call it the tidal wave when you can isolate a part of their army and you put as much force as you can into that, overwhelm it, and then even if you've lost a certain amount of guys, you've traded you know maybe half a warband for a full warband of theirs, but you've been able to put all mm. your army into mm. one spot and take over yeah. there. It's, it's a combination of shock and awe and defeat and detail. The ability to get a lot of your troops, a lot of your killing power high resource density in against a section of the opponent's army mm. and kill it fast. Yes. Yeah. Kill yes. it before the opponent can respond because when you charge it, the opponent's not going to just sit there and let you kill their warband. Mm. They're going to be up to something. You need to complete your plan before they can complete their counter plan, yeah. Yeah. which we have a word for as well. But. Yeah, and it's, it sometimes works really well with like uh, the Lance Cavalry armies with some heroes where you go in... Your heroes go in, call heroic combats, you charge with them, and it's just, let's kill as many models as we can. And then when they go to countercharge you next time, they've got half their models left. Yep. And then you, once again, you spend the might, hope to get the heroic combat, mm-hmm. but a heroic move. But even if you don't, you just keep killing, and you're hoping that they're out of position enough because you've hit them so fast that they haven't had time to, to mm-hmm. set up the lines and things. It works really well in you know, those sort of maelstrom-type deployments where you come on separate. And you can isolate yeah. an enemy warband, yes. Yep. So someone comes on separately, then you throw all your warbands around that if you deploy a second and just yep. say, right, I'm going to kill this one and then I'll reassess. So just everyone goes in, kills that, as quickly as possible. That's one of the things that I hate about those scenarios is that when you deploy first, the opponent gets the opportunity to use might to yep. rig it so that they can overwhelm a part yep. of your army. Of course, the counter strategy to that is whoever, whichever one of your warbands gets caught that way, mm. die slowly. Yep. Yeah. Buy the rest of your army the turns that it needs to get where it needs to be. Mm. So that could be getting to the center and walling it off. That could be coming in behind the enemy that's coming around you. Catch mm. them in a donut of death. That's always fun mm-hmm. if you can pull it off. Tasty as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so there are counterplays. Yes, it's not is. an auto-lose, mm. winning priority turn one. It doesn't help. By all means, you should try yeah. and lose priority if you can. <laughs> yeah, um, You want to depower your dice. Yes. So you want to roll them a few times on the table. Yeah, but... Without the opponent seeing, because then they'd count as a roll. That's right. (laughs) Or you can buy your dice from Jeremy. He's got some dice that roll low. Yeah, Um, yeah. I think all the ones I touch, but that's okay. It does help for that. (laughs) All these game plans are going to have counter plans and things like that, so I don't mind Mm -hmm. talking about them, but we'll we'll try to stay on on that one. So the the quick kill game plan, if you're designing an army around it, what kind of armies would you take to to get this going? You want to just basically get into combat and kill as quickly as possible. 
anything that appeared in the old Fallen Realms book is probably a good idea. So, Berserkers, two attacks, high strength, mm-hmm. high fight. Mm. Half Trolls, two attacks, high strength, high fight. Yep. Reavers, two attacks, high fight. You can give them axes for mm-hmm. high strength. Yep. Um, Watchers of Kana, two attacks, high fight. <laughs> you like um, the two attacks. I guess you could take some sort of like Wood Elf Sentinels or something, but they're a bit expensive um, mm. and not in the Fallen Realms list. But <laughs> Anything that's really hits hard. It's yes. really So, it may not have the best defense, but offensively is really good. I think sometimes as well, this, you, you want to concentrate a small area with lots of hitting power. So yep. things like also like the Black Guard of Barador works really well mm-hmm. because you've got that high fight and high strength in a very small amount of area, even though mm-hmm. you can't afford a huge amount. And then you can put whatever behind them as spears. You usually want to hit with heroes in front if you can. Mm-hmm. So you can even do this with just multiple captains. And, yep. and those sort of ones just go right in. If they're on a horse, even better. But just, just go mm-hmm. straight forward. This was my primary Mahood tactic when I used to play them. And because it works, everything in that list does it, basically. Mm. It's just run in, kill quickly, and then when they're not left, you can... They out. used to be two attacks, didn't they? They they used to be two attacks, yes. Yes. Yeah, but now they've still they've still got the camels, which are f- f- fantastic. The impact mm. hits more than make up for it. And you've got the half trolls, and mm. the, yeah. the infantry's fine. It's strength mm. four. It's, a, it's got yeah. an attack, so it does hit pretty hard. One of my favourite things since playing the Harrod at Sill is that... I like to put a warband in all my armies that's pure combat. Mm-hmm. That's got the so I call it call it the Raza roll. So Raza was there to just go in, burn his might, kill as much as he couldn't die. And so you, you make a warband, or I like to make a warband now that has a hero like that leading it, and then it's just yeah. all spears and, and shields or whatever the mm-hmm. combat models are. And you just that's if you the opportunity comes up in deployment, you just chuck them in to do this yeah. role. So you deploy them right on the center line yep. from the start to just establish dominance over that part of the board. Yep. Yeah, just some, and it doesn't have to be in the middle. Like the mm-hmm. one where you try to engage the whole army, like the first one, mm. you almost have to make sure that they can't get away from you. Yes. This one, you don't care. If they start running away, you only have to catch a little bit. Yeah. So you just need to get into combat with something so you're not so fussed about getting your whole army. Whereas the other one is this, I want to pin the whole army so everything goes into everything. Yep. Yes. This one, it's very much just like, yep. let's go all out and just, the aim is to get in combat or if you're like an aggressive shooting army to get to one point and just wipe out a section of the army mm-hmm. and then you can just change your game plan as you need to later on. Yep. This tactic relies on the ability to apply force at a point. Mm-hmm. Um, so it comes down to a lot of resource density how much of your army can apply pressure on one point. So mm-hmm. things like pikes, they don't appear quite often to be all that deadly. They're only strength three, but it allows you to stack your models in depth, applying yes. more of your army to a point. Mm-hmm. Uh, two-handed weapons, if they've got those pikes behind them, by all means, that'll give you that killing power with the pikes to win the fight. Mm. Um, yeah, trolls of any kind, any sort of monsters you can throw yep. forward. The thing you got to watch with trolls is those are very large bases, yeah, so true. they quite often get in the way of your army. That's why yeah. things like spider armies actually struggle with this tactic, because even though they're very fast and can mm, isolate true. a portion yeah. of the enemy, you can't bring your whole army to bear yeah. against a Bases warband, because yeah. they just don't fit. You almost mm. need to, to have the trolls in a flanking mode, where you have something that's core that engages, and the trolls just hit the sides, yes. and just... Though, do a combination of protect and, and barge. Though the risk there is, if your troll's on a flank, yes. if the enemy sees that coming, they'll oh, yeah. have a striking hero waiting and two guys to wrap around yep. you and trap you. Mm. Okay, so what David's saying is you want small bases as much as possible. So, Well, the ability to have... It's resource density. Yes. So if you've got a large base, you have to have a large base worth of killing power on that mm. base. Mm. Which, which like, say a hero on a horse with a lance could definitely... Perfect. Could That's do. good. Yes. You don't mind going into two or four models because... Yep. Yep. 
and you don't mind spending the resources to win the combat because the aim is to get the kills. Yes. Yeah. You probably don't spend it to get the, the actual kills, yeah. but you definitely make sure you win to these win combats. It. That's why some players prefer cave trolls over, say, Isengard trolls or Birder yes. over the Mordor troll chieftain. The ability to actually fit into a gap, have more killing power in that smaller area. A cave yeah. troll on smaller bases? They're 40 mils, yes. Really? Mm-hmm. Are they smaller models? Uh, they they not, really hang over the base. Not noticeably, they uh, yeah. They they're a bit smaller than mortal trolls, but they're also their poses a lot skinnier and more compact. So yeah, I've got a couple at home, but I I didn't realize they're different. You can do this in, in the Agmar list where you're saying with Birda, so Birda and a couple trolls, and if you back it up by a shade, that's a lot of power in a point. That's yes. yeah, and that's the kind, and then all the other orcs just don't even engage. Yes. They just sort of hang around the back, and you just hit them with. Mm-hmm. I've had it against me with with like three trolls and a shade, and it just yeah. Because you put a banner with it to power up yep. your trolls further. Yep. All your orcs cause terror because the shades. So the enemy can't wrap and surround you. Yep. Because mm. you cause terror with neg ones because you brought the witch king and. And they just shield. If the enemy gets yes. into one of them, they just shield and yep. don't bother. Like you don't want to get the kills yep. of those. It's just all about pushing this yep. there, and you might even have a barrel wide or something behind just to yep. paralyze something to make it even quicker. That mm. becomes a shepherding tactic where you've got that front line of high, you know, toughness mm. units, sort of like the Ensign Voices play. Mm. But this tactic really does lend itself to that shepherding, as you say, like because you're trying to put all your your um, your density into one area, so you've got to stop the opponent wrapping around you and engaging everything. You want basically the combats that you're going to dominate in to be the main part of the game and everything else should either be negligible or not even happening at all. Correct. So so terrain becomes really important in that as well. Because, yeah, absolutely. Because that can cover your flanks. It can give you some more space mm. and some more room. It can also get in your way. Yeah. So mm. if the opponent if the opponent sees this coming, they're going to be looking for terrain mm. to minimize the amount of force that you can get to their mm. warband. Yep. It's the counter tactic for this one, I'm going to go into our next one and I'm just going to grab one, is basically an avoidance tactic. You avoid combats as long as possible yep. so this is where you're running away from their resource density anything that looks scary you just run away you just mm-hmm. don't engage it and then you pick on weak parts if you want to fight some combats and you try to put pressure on through things like throwing weapons yep. or bow fire or flanking characters like mm-hmm. cavalry characters mm-hmm. that can w- ride around but it's, it's a frustration tactic yeah there used to be a saying on the green dragon fight where the shade isn't Yes. This is that tactic. It's the idea of all of your strength is concentrated at one point of the battlefield. Why on earth would I put my army anywhere near that point? Mm. Unless there's an objective or a compel or something to force me to there, I'm not going there. Yeah. Yeah. This is the Rohan tactic for sure. Yes. Full mounted. You're not catching me. I'll shoot you for days. More specifically, the Rohan with significant amounts of warriors. Yep. Not the all hero Rohan, which has been a reasonably popular. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I always think of Rohan as as many horses as you can divided by the the amount of heroes you need. You have to paint a whole lot of horses (laughs) and a whole lot of dismounts and just. And then the horses, their ankles snap, and it's just oh, so frustrating. So yeah, maximum heroes, minimum models. But the thing to consider with this at a tournament, not necessarily in a, just a friendly game, is the time limit. Yes, yes. Yep. Because I've I've played a lot of armies like this at tournaments, and find I'm just about to get into the point where the game's going to turn into my favor. It's like oh, ten minutes left. It's like oh no. Okay. So so these ones you've got to play so fast. Mm. You've got to make sure you're not doing stupid things like throwing into seven in the ways because yep. that just slows down the game big yes. time. You've yep. got to, it's just like ri- literally throw at the front rank. Yeah, yep. you're trying to break them. You, you, yeah, you're just doing lots of damage, and then you're going to go for a big hit at the end where you just mm. overpower them. You have to if you have a two hour game. I believe you manoeuvre as fast as you can for the first hour. Yep. Then no matter what happens after that hour, you engage in combat and you try to do the quick kills next yep. because 
you, you do. I, I used yeah. to play this a lot with um, Lothlorien at the time. Yeah. So basically, the unarmored Galadrim lists. They're, yeah. they're Lothlorien, are they? Yeah, Lothlorien. Lothlorien. So you've got things like Sentinels. You've got yeah. Wood Elves with throwing weapons, yeah, which are great. So you've got good. powerful heroes. And the aim is to run away, draw the enemy out of formation, throw, harass, avoid the combat stuff. And then whenever you see something weak, throw everything into it. Yep. Yes. So if there's like three guys, throw your seven guys into it. Surround them, trap them, kill them, and mm. keep moving. And just yep. keep moving. Yep. If you're on the receiving end of an avoidance tactic, the thing you must not do is allow the opponent to get ahead on VP. Oh, yeah. Because as soon as they have a banner and you don't in one of the banner missions, yep. the opponent doesn't have to charge in that second hour. Yep. As soon as the opponent gets ahead of VP, they're gone. You'll never catch them. Yep. So whatever you need to do, put those eight in the ways between your leader and their shooting. Yep. Camp on three objectives. Yes, whatever, the objectives. whatever you need to do, do not let them get ahead on points. Yeah. But you can also do the counter avoidance where you just say, oh, you're going to avoid me. I'll avoid you, but I'll avoid you on the objectives. Yes. So like, and just force the enemy to come to you. It, it can mm-hmm. be can be a hard way of playing it. The other armies that can do this, the Corsairs are okay at it. Corsairs because, are really yes. good. Because you've got mass throwing weapons, you've got high fight value. So when mm-hmm. they want to kill, they can kill. And you've yep. got like a concentration of attacks with the, the Reavers. And you've got Arbalesters to control the section of the yeah. board. Probably Rivendell should have Knights. to keep him still. Rivendell Knights are great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a standard Rivendell tactic where you, yeah. once you finally get involved, you're in trouble. The Mirkwood Rangers, if you have really a Ranger, yes. heavy army, because they avoid, they avoid, they avoid, and when you finally get in, they come in and they charge you in a way that they get multiple attacks. Yep. Yes. Though they almost have the opposite effect, where you don't really need to be surrounding three models with seven, because your Mirkwood Rangers gain benefits if they can go one into you two. You do, but what you do is you charge, say, a Mirkwood Ranger into two and then use the others and just ring around so they get trapped. Excellent, yes. So that way you don't risk any of your other guys. So it's mm. one guy that dies maximum if you lose the combat, but if you kill it, you still get all the benefits of these traps. And Oh, mm. very nice. Very and nice. you put spears in as well, so they get yep. spear support as well. So you end up with mm. a lot of attacks. It I works guess well. it depends how... How much you need to guarantee that kill? Because more oh, dice true, is true, obviously true. Oh, better. Yeah. But agreed, agreed. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, especially a lot of the the avoidance tactics is about not losing models. Yes. Mm. So you don't want to. You want to go into a place where I'm going to go and attack you, and I, there's a very good mm-hmm. chance that I'm going to come out with the same amount of models that I went in with. Yeah. So that's why it's it's I'll go in with ten models because chances are I win that combat. Yes. I'll go into ten models again with something with higher fight, but I'll strike up against it and. Yep. I think the strangest avoidance game and counter-avoidance game I ever saw, uh, this was actually, I was playing against you, Jeremy, back in club days. This was years mm. ago. We were trying new armies. I had Wood Elves. You had Easterlings. Ooh. I was trying to skirmish and, you know, play the avoidance. Uh, Wood Elves were your normal army back then. You were much better at it than I was. <laughs> your infantry Easterlings were out avoiding my Wood Elves. Yeah. So I said, hang on, I don't play avoidance. So I formed my guys up into an infantry square and I pushed down the center <laughs> of the board with my with Wood, Wood elves. elves. And I started swatting the Easterlings out of the way because they were in this avoidance yes. sort of yeah, skirmish yeah, line. Yeah. So then you had to form up your Easterlings into a block, which you didn't like because you preferred avoidance. <laughs> And we never actually finished that game, but it was fun. Oh, well, we'll have to finish that game at some point. Yes, that, that, one day we, we shall meet yeah, upon the field of battle. I do like that you're flexible in that way. If something's not working, you're not afraid to throw out the game plan mm-hmm. and get to a new one because yep. that throws me off when someone actually does that. If they mm-hmm. stick to the same game plan, I'll pretty much outplay them. Yep. But when they change, like, oh, what, what are they doing now? Yes. Mm. Yeah. If any of you have seen the original Italian job, there's a moment where they've got this amazingly complex plan and then they're like, yeah, at this point we need to beat up those guys over there. So they get like... 15 guys with axe handles and just rush them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's the Charlie Croker moment. You've got to look at your plan and go every now and then you just give up on the subtlety and rush them. Yeah, it sounds good to me. Yeah, it, it's. I think this is a really rewarding way of playing the avoidance one, but it takes a lot of nerve and it does backfire quite a bit. So sometimes you have to be willing to just say, right, I'm just going to go in. And um, I've had it as well where there's the, the ill-met by moonlight variance. Mm. It's incredibly powerful, this, especially if you're willing to do some heroic shoots. Yes, because all you need to do is kill those heroes yeah. and then it doesn't matter. You don't need to fight the warband. Yeah, but it's also like, okay, I'll, I'll avoid you and I'll make sure that you've got three archers in range of my 12 throwing weapon guys. Yep. And I'll call the heroic shoot and I'll try and kill just those three archers. Yep. And then I'll move on. And you do this sort of tactic where it's, I'm just going to use, I'm going to use a lot of my army to avoid, but kill a few of yours and throw you off and get you running around and being silly. And oh uh, yeah, it can, can be a very nasty tactic. It's one of my favorites, but you're right. Tournaments, it is really hard to play at. Yeah. You have to play so fast and you have to be willing to abandon it. So you almost need a plan B at times where it's just, okay, instead of avoidance, I'm going to throw my three combat heroes right up the middle and everyone else is going to block space. Yep. Yes. You've got to watch your tempo because if you are if you're avoiding but you're not causing enough damage, it, it might not be worth it in the long run. Mm. So even though given an infinite game you would win, you don't have an infinite game. No, you don't. You don't. Uh, if you do in a in a friendly game at home, so that's worth trying there and getting used to how to play it. One of the variations on the avoidance that works okay is one where basically you set up your army to draw the enemy towards you. So you try to give them some incentive to come at you. So there's a few ways of doing this. One is to set up superior missile fire and just put casualty pressures on. Mm-hmm. Yes. So just say, I'm just going to shoot you until you come at me. And that's almost guaranteed to make someone come at you. Like mm-hmm. that's Yes. They'll either do that or get out of the range. This is called the come at me bro. <laughs> the come at me bro. Quite possibly, yes. Uh, the other ways you can do it is give them something that looks like it's weak. Yes. So I, I've done this before where I... I put lots of strength on my flanks and then have my center of archers looking pretty fragile with the aim that, that the opponent will come at me, engage those archers, which are actually just combat models that are pretending to be archers. It's actually very interesting because I use a block of archers for exactly the opposite effect. I'll deploy a block of archers confident in the knowledge that no enemy is going to charge straight at them because they're yeah. a block of archers. They'll yeah. shoot you. Well, I use my block of archers in both instances depending on the scenario and the situation at the time it's almost like you're a combination between the two of us it's almost like a combination what is this new science that you have discovered (laughs) yeah so but you can also do with other things against really good players it's almost always something like a banner or Mm. a hero that looks like it's been misplayed yeah Yes, and that's the way you draw them in because they they're usually very good at recognizing the traps. Mm-hmm. So you set things up, um, you put it just in range of a Gandalf or something that yeah. can come forward. Or in this situation, one of my long term beliefs has been you never bait a trap with real bait because if you have a cunning opponent or a skilled opponent, they'll be able to look at your trap and go, "Is this worth it? Yes or no?" Mm-hmm. So to get them to actually take the bait, you'll have to offer bait that's just far too valuable. So. I much prefer to use, you know, casualty pressure yep. or psychological warfare to bring somebody forwards. Um, the Sometimes other th- I put a second banner down that wasn't in my army list. Okay, yep. yeah. Just just keep it off the edge of the board, but from their side of the board, it looks like it's on the board. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Um, I have been known to bring extra models to a game just so if the opponent tries to sneak a look at my army beforehand, they'll see like five or six Ents peering over the edge of the tray. Yeah, um, <laughs> That was admittedly because I needed objective markers, but it worked. It did, it did work, yeah. Um, <laughs> I will say with this, watch out for Gimli. 
If you see Gimli in an army, it is a trap <laughs> because he moves slower. Like he'll show up in a full mounted Rohan army. Yes, yep. yes, yes. And you'll look at it and you'll go, the only thing I can catch is Gimli. Everyone after Gimli, and the opponent knows everything's going to chase Gimli. Yep. Gimli is a trap. Yep. It's almost the Picard maneuver. Pretty, but in the reverse. Yeah, Picard yeah. maneuver is more offensive, isn't it? Yes. Um, it's That would be if Gimli was not, in fact, Gimli. But was in fact, you know, move twelve. Yes. So if you show up to say a progression event and yep. you can get, you know, gain experience and special rules, and get a horse, get fly um, yep. on Gimli. Very dangerous mm. over short distances. Yep. Yep. But this is a—it's actually a pretty common tactic, and it's one you can use in a lot of armies. Anything that you can get some bows in, mm-hmm. yes, um, you can pretty much use it in. So almost every good army plays this at some point yes. because most evil armies rely on that aggression. Mm-hmm. So the idea is that, okay, well, they're coming at me. I'm going to draw them into this area, usually with some terrain. Yep. If no terrain, usually a point where you can envelop the army, you can wrap around certain parts, mm-hmm. or you can go and put your Aragorn or someone else to work, yes. killing off some models. This is how Foot Rohan plays. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. deploy st- stupendous amounts of shooting. The enemy rushes you. You fall back, throwing weapons as you go. Your throwing weapons aren't going to kill anything. If you're running backwards, you're hitting on fires, they've got shields, but you lure the enemy into a corner. At this point, if you have superior numbers, you wrap the enemy and you just hold them there while models go off, capture objectives, whatever. If you don't have superior numbers, they wrap you and then you lose. Um, But make sure you have superior numbers. But yeah, just make sure you bring superior numbers. My Grimhammers do a very similar one, but they do it a lot more aggressively at the start. So I run them like they're going to attack at full speed. So they run straight towards the enemy, get within that six-inch range, and then Ooh, start legging it backwards. Mm. Ah, yes, because you don't have the bows. So to put that yeah, threat to bring I've the enemy forward, really you have close. to get within. Yeah. And you've only got the six-inch throwing weapons. So. Yes, well, and a bit of five-inch movement, which is an interesting yes. counter. But then I, I move it so that the Grimhammer captains or Dwalin or anything like that are the only ones that can receive a charge. Yes. And people usually won't take that. Mm. So they'll get scared. And then... Lots of throwing weapons come and yeah. I'll kill one or two. Mm-hmm. But you do that over a number of turns and you draw them out. Yeah. Then at some point you just go right everyone in yeah. and you can hit pretty well with that army. Mm-hmm. But th- that's essentially what shooting does in the game is it's board control. Mm-hmm. So it, you can deny space. You can draw people towards you. you it gives you um, the ability to reach out and touch your opponent, mm-hmm. which then allows you to determine where the fights are going to be fought, mm-hmm. particularly if you've got that um, weapon advantage. Yes, I've been trying to train some new players lately and trying to get them to understand that shooting is not about doing kills. Mm. If you inflict damage, that's a benefit. Yeah, Shooting is there to have more of it than the opponent, yep. so the opponent has to come to you. Yes. Yep. Yep. The, the only exception to that is Legolas when he's there to snipe out particular things. Yes. Like Legolas is an exception to many things. Yes. Oh, yeah. There's going to be some exceptions. We, we want to focus on general tactics that can be used mm. across the board. General so, uh, tactics? General tactics. Yep. The next one I'm going to look at is just the the envelop strategy where yes. you basically set up your army to take up as much of the board as possible. Mm-hmm. And no matter where the opponent goes, you're going to go and you're going to keep moving. So you engage and you keep moving to the point where you encircle the enemy. And then you've got two benefits. One, they're locked in that area because they the only way they can get out is by fighting you to the death. And mm-hmm. even then it might be too late. And you start getting incidental traps because yes. you get this big overall You apply trap. the macro trap. Macro you just trap, trap yeah. the entire formation. Yep. And eventually you start getting the kills because they'll start getting trapped on each other and you'll start like yeah. using your heroes to punch even harder in certain areas. If you're really lucky, you can punch a hole in their little circle and then do some, some micro traps or uh, other ones where you start eating up the sides. Yep, of you formation. get into the middle, you close their air gap and yeah, you've caught oh them. Yeah. Don't it's, utter it's, death. It's very rewarding when you when you 
pull this off. Mm. Sometimes you have to do some trickiness to get them to stay yeah. where they are because if they see it coming, they just run. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of ways that this is most normally seen. There's the hit and wrap is the offensive version, which is where, similar to our first tactic, you just run at the enemy. Mm-hmm. They stop and fight you and then your extra numbers spill around the side. Mm-hmm. There's the doom box where you have an obvious weakness in the middle of your army. As they rush towards you, that weakness pulls back. They chase it in the flanks of your army, get them. I don't know why it works because the opponent is a player. They're standing above the table. They can quite clearly see the flanks of your army there, Mm. but they just get caught up. They see the weakness. They charge the weakness. Sometimes you can even just force this with crossbows. With shooting, yes. So like Urukai crossbows love this one because they look Mm -hmm. fragile. They're not. They're just Urukai. But if you don't engage them, they're going to shoot into combat. They're going yeah. to shoot at you and they're going to do some damage because yep. they don't care. If your hero, if your Aragorn's going to combat against an Urukai, they're all shooting at that Aragorn. Yeah. They don't care about killing their own mm-hmm. one. So you have to engage them and that puts you out of formation because you keep following them in and yes. they wrap their sides around, often with berserkers and mm-hmm. other nasties. And the yep. pikes go and dance around where they need to be. Yep. Oh, it's a, it's Same with Corsairs and Arbalists. Yeah, it's a Corsair and Corsair tactic yep. as well. If you've got... Corsairs, Rohan, Grimhammers, you can often employ one in the middle, which is the Crescent Moon. Yes. So wherever the enemy is charging towards, that bows away from the enemy, mm-hmm. which means as the enemy moves in, the flanks move forwards, and you sort of just form this sort of crescent that slowly encircles yeah. around. But you, we've also got this for the Horde armies. So your yeah. Goblin Town, your Goblins, your, yes. your Dunland, your Hobbits, yeah. or whatever. It's literally just engage. That's more the hit and wrap, where you just rush just at them. Just and just constantly keep moving. So the, the ones that engage first, once they've engaged, if they survive, they just keep moving to the sides and keep wrapping. So you just do maximum movement to get around. Yeah. Be very careful about just stopping and engaging, because that's how you slow it down. The idea is just to surround. If you don't get spear support on anyone, everyone, who cares? You're probably not. It actually works surprisingly well for dwarves, mm-hmm. because they're not interested in getting spear support, so they tend to do it naturally. Yes, because... Even if you've got less models, you're fighting in one rank to the enemy's two. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the other thing with dwarves is their high defense makes it much more forgiving. You, you, you've got the numbers or the time to grind and, and move around, this, even if you lose priority or whatever it is. Yeah. So this is more so the Khazad-Doom dwarves, the, um, the old school ones with the shield and not many spears. Is there any other kind? There's the Iron Hill ones, which are goats and ballistas and things. Okay, yep. And then there's the Grimhammer one, which is... The Erebor ones. They also have spears, the Erebor ones. Okay. So you could go heavy spear shield ones. You can... Is it really okay. a dwarf army if it has spears in it, though? Oh, no. you're so old school, David. Mm-hmm. No, it should all be axes. Yes. With yellow mm, boots for yep. preference. Yep. And green skirts. Mm-hmm. No, it should be like no weapons at all, like in The Hobbit. Just just turn up wearing... With sky blue hoods. and Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just hoods. <laughs> Find weapons later. Just Just casually. Yeah, so our next one. So we, the envelope is, is a pretty good one. Um, it's just a standard Goblin Town tactic as well. Just mm. when you come in, um, the, anyone with the Goblin Mercs loves it because you just pop up behind the enemy and trap them on it's itself. So annoying. Goblin Scribe, Watcher yeah. in the Water, Broodlings. Yep. yep, anything that can just wrap around without numbers, that, with, with more numbers. One of the more tricky ones is to delay the enemy, split them up by some means. This can be a combination of some of the other tactics, but it's heavily used when people have some ability to knock down models. Mm. So monsters love yep. this because they can hurl into a big formation and knock down a row of models, which either slows them down or forces you to fight there. Or um, the Nature's Wrath heavy armies where you come in and you just knock down a bunch of models of Nature's Wrath, mm. either to be offensive or to delay them and run away. Or sometimes it's just uh, pinning them down in combat with something and then everyone else goes somewhere else. So the knockdown delay tactic is probably not your first game plan unless you're designing around things like Nature's Wrath or monsters. Mm-hmm. But it becomes very useful, especially in like 
reconnoiter type scenarios or objective scenarios where you're trying to split the force, slow them down, yep. move them around. Mm-hmm. What kind of armies do we think are going to use this stuff? Since it's not a primary tactic, because yep. you would normally you'd prefer to kill the opponent. Yeah. Um, sometimes knocking them down is better if you don't want to break them because the game might mm. end. But this is definitely a it's a backup tool to have. Yeah. So someone like Eagles, yeah, who Eagles. I was thinking have have plenty of options to knock people down. Mm. If they need to go non-lethal for a turn, they can barge. They can, to some degree, hurl. Um, Hurl's actually not too bad for the Eagles because the main thing with the Eagles is you don't want really to get bogged down. Yes. Because if you get enveloped, you're in trouble. Yes. So you need to make sure you keep moving. Mm. And the best way to do this is to grab a model and hurl it away from you. So you hurl that model away from you, it knocks down the friends around it, and then some of them can't get you next turn. Mm. And you... you fly somewhere else and engage somewhere else. They slowly get up. You do it again. Rinse and repeat. Mm. I used to do it with um, Galadrim all the time when the Stormcaller had Nature's Wrath. Unfortunately, they don't have any more, but typically you've got less models and sometimes you just need a turn or two to reposition and Mm. find some new terrain to hide behind. So you Nature's Wrath and then run away. Yeah, I used to combine it with my Avoidance Mirkwood Thranduil army where he would, when the enemy finally got to me, it was just... Use it, unleash the nature's wrath, knock them down, and then either run away some more or just throw everyone in. Mm-hmm. Yep, get them, so, kick them while they're down. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's some armies that, that do this, and the magic heavy armies, I guess, do something similar. They don't sort of knock down, but they do maneuver you around. So if you've got like a spectre heavy army or a sentinel heavy army or a mm. compel one, where you start moving models, you can start moving them in the way of each other to slow models down. Oh. You can do things like push a troll backwards, and then they have to decide whether they come in without their main hitter. And they, these are delay tactics as well, and they work really well with like avoidance type mm. armies. This actually works really well with the stun special strike, mm, yeah. Um, because if you pull that stun off on a enemy hero, enemy monster, whatever it is, the enemy has to decide whether they want to just pull out for a turn, um, walk off the stun. Uh, the best one I saw this in was a Hobbit army. It managed to pull a stun on I think it was a Groblog or a Derbers, one of those mm, goblin yeah, yeah, yeah. heroes. And the goblin here, the goblin with his four or five goblin mates said, you know what, we're going to walk this off. They pulled back five inches. The hobbits couldn't catch them. The hobbits picked up rocks. The hobbits <laughs> pelted the goblin hero to death. Yep. Awesome. They're like, coward, come back here. We find you guilty of, to death. Yeah, that, that's good. I noticed the, because um, I've been thinking about ruffians lately because I've got the, working on some of the Scare in the Shire models. And one of the things they've got is clubs and a lot of them. Yes. So one of the tactics there is going to be, no matter when it, anything of value comes into me, I'm going the club attack. Yes. Because if I can stun them, then I can look at dealing with them next turn and bring in one of yes. my few heroes or something to attack them. Mm. But before then, it's just, the club is great because they have to make that choice. Do you go in as a far inferior warrior or do you get, get away and then delay for what a turn? What is it? One attack and fight one or something, isn't it? Yes. And shoot six. So. Oh, wow. They can still strike blows. So if they're the Dark Lord, they can still swing their mace around their head or whatever. Yeah. But anybody else, one attack, fight one. Mm. Yeah. So you basically, but you still got full movement. Yes. So you, you, at that point, usually if someone's stunning you, they've set up something to kill you later. Yes. That's not how concussion works. No, it's not. Concu- like, if you're concussed enough to not be able to fight combat correctly, you're not moving very fast. 
I think this unbalanced. is more of the karate kid you can't fight if you can't see. So they've like done something oh. towards your eyes and you're like, oh, I'll close my eyes. I'll just run in a direction. I agree with Nick. I think the idea of stunning something, hit them with a big stick, is probably to give them brain damage and hopefully not. Yeah, but then the hammer goes for their ankles. You can't stun somebody with a hammer. You can only That's knock true. them over with it. And a lot of times you're stunning like things like on Fell Beasts or anything like that, although the knockdown works better but, for that one. But that's from Karate Kid. That's sweep the leg. That was the other one. Yeah. yeah. yeah they yeah, had the a couple of them. The hammers sweep the leg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's definitely a bash attack, I think. Mm. Yes. With a stun attack, yeah. Stun attack's going for the head. Yeah, mm. sometimes they're, they're a bit interesting thematically. Mm-hmm. The bash is good for killing Fell Beasts, though. You've got to have a pretty mighty warrior, though, to pull that off. It's usually someone like Barlin or something that's yep. got it. That, that, yeah. Yeah, I have a warrior of Rohan with hammer. Uh, he's yet to knock over anything more than a captain. No, <laughs> this is a warrior. Oh. Um, his throwing spear broke off, so I got a bit of sprue and just whacked it on top. <laughs> he's got a sledgehammer. Yes. Um, he's knocked over a captain. I think that's about the best he's done. Yeah. And I got the hobbit with hammer. Uh, he actually once took the teeth out of a white wag chieftain. Oh, wow. Um, and then next turn, he called some mates over and they killed it because it was on the ground. Yeah. Um, didn't quite knock over the Isengard troll. I got the six. It failed to get the one. Um, but that was close. Very was disappointing. Close. Yeah, usually that sort of stun tactic is... Or even the knockdown tactic is when the enemy's down, paralyzed, whatever, it's then you go out with a lot of cheap troops that can do special strikes. So then they come out and do their piercing or their two-handed weapons or anything like that that you normally wouldn't do because they're a bit risky. You go out there with no risk. If someone's on the ground or someone's got fight value one and one attack... You might as well go two-handed axe at them and try to take them down. Two-handed, I find really difficult ever choosing to go two-handed. Like, the fight has to be so stacked in my favour that you're going to win it and probably kill anyway. Like, two-handed is such a big disadvantage for the modern The times I find it useful is when you're against those high-defense elite armies. So, things like dwarves, Mm. where you can put four models onto every one of theirs, but even with those odds, you can't kill them. Yeah, Army of the Dead... You can yep. put four models onto every one of theirs, but you just can't kill the things. Mm. Also, um, um, using them as a friend in heroic combat, I find really useful. Yeah, so I'll good. bring them in when the hero is going to probably win the fight themselves mm-hmm. because oftentimes you end up wasting might on the actual kill. Yep. Yep. So when you've got an axe to help you out there, that's really handy. Uh, the paralyzed armies are obvious choices for them, but mm-hmm. you're right. They're not ones you use a whole lot of. I yep. tend to use them almost mm-hmm. in the way David uses his stun, where it's like, okay, where do I need to have a guy that I don't actually care about his dice roll for winning the combat. I just want something that's going to do some Add to the more reliable wounds for it. And it's usually a hero and friends mm-hmm. against a non-trap model that I really need to do a heroic combat against. Yeah. The other thing I can find, if you've got two heroes like going up against each other, having a strike off or something, yeah. put a two-handed weapon into that fight, call a two-handed pierce, yeah. and chances are at least one of the opponent's attacks, if they win the fight, will come after your two-handed pierce. Because that... True. That is a scary model to have mm. sitting in combat with your hero. Yep. It's lower defense. The opponent will go, I'll put an attack on that guy. Because look at him, he's vulnerable. And it can draw heat away from your main striking heroes. Mm. Also good with those heroes that you can shield and do one attack. So you've got like the Thorin, I think it is, and some of the others. that. Mm. that so you, you have that. the hero there to win the fight. But then you can't have a two-handed weapon in because you're shielding. No, no, no. You have you're going against them. To oh, you going against them to try them, and draw yes. the attack onto you, like you say, to, mm-hmm. to draw the attack away from the yeah. opponent. Because one attack can't kill another white tower, but it could kill that guy. Yeah, yeah. so it protects your heroes and keeps them alive for long. Well, you don't care about the two-handed weapon guy that much. Mm-hmm. I agree. Most of the time, it's not particularly useful, and it's not. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it, it, for scenarios though, it's really good for like mm. um for the the reinforcing orcs. It's yes. really fun for that, and also if you're playing a game where you just want max casualties. So you want either army to break quickly. Yep. 
they're really good. Oh, no, Only one of us walks away from this. Yeah, yeah. Definitely when you're trying to end the game, I yep. always go two-handed. And then if you win, you kill them. And if you don't, you're more likely. Yeah. So sometimes you play that tactic where you run over the objectives into their mm. face as quickly as possible. Then you don't mind using them. So you mm. get them, you back them up by a spear. If I win a combat, you die. If you mm. win, you kill me. But then we start rolling for the mm. on a one in three chance the game ends type rolls. There is also the most powerful weapon in the game, the broadsword. Oh, that is. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I yeah, love that's them good. so much. The six comes up, it stays a six. Yeah. Um, not quite, you know, Knight of the White Tower good, but still pretty good nonetheless. Yeah. I, I really like that mechanic that's come in because that makes it much more useful. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame that some of the others don't have that. Maybe if they made the two-handed weapons more expensive and gave them that, might yeah. be a way of doing it because mm-hmm. at the moment, they feel like they should be really good, but they just yeah. don't really... Yes. Yeah. The other thing is that if you can put enough spears, pikes, banners behind it, then you're less reliant on that one dice. Yep. Yeah. And sometimes it's, once again, it's, okay, I've got a six-point orc. You've got a 12-point guy. I might as well. Yes. I'll go for it. I'll put a spear behind it. Mm. I might have a lower chance of winning the fight. But if I do, you're dead. If you've brought a shade with you, then... Oh, yeah. Even footing all around. Angmar loves them. Angmar absolutely does. They're all around. The next tactic I've got is the die slowly tactic. This is very situational. It's usually, okay, I'm in a bad position with something, so I need to slow down so i need to reduce the amount of fights i need to not engage where i don't have to engage i need to to basically buy time in some area or on an objective or whatever so shielding is Mm. where you use this a lot uh not engaging if you don't have to Mm -hmm. uh make it so that you've got things set up so that the minimum amount of models so using some terrain or some other models to block things up so they can only engage a few of your models getting really tight formation so they have to to call heroic combats, um, putting one model into a hero only, so they call heroic combat, they kill one, there's a guy directly behind them that they have to charge. Yep, mm-hmm. deploy two deep or three deep Yeah, even. three deep usually, yeah, so they can't break through. So this is a game plan that's sometimes worth doing, especially if it's going to be, once again, a sit-on-an-objective type mm. type game where yep. you need to, to run into the middle and you just want it, the game to end on that objective. Yep. Mm. There's three, two or three main situations where you'll see this. If you have brought a big hero... And that big hero needs time to imp- mm, impact yes, the game. Yes. Yep. The rest of your army just has to be there. It doesn't yep. have to be doing anything. It just has to survive. Mm. Uh, the other one is if you're on the objective, you're waiting for that one or two to come up and the opponent is not on the objective. Yep. So you just need your models to survive until the game ends. Yep. Um, keeping the opponent you know, pinned over in their corner. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's by far my favorite whole ground tactic where you just overrun the objective. You make a wall around it, you put some models in the middle of it, and just, who cares if you don't kill anything? Just die on the objective. Often you can get, um, you can frustrate your opponent enough that they start burning might just to try and get through the models. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, you kind of, this works so well with elves with shields because of the higher fight, and they just stand in a position and just hold it off and hold it off and hold it off. Especially if you have, say, an elven glaive, yep. uh, because you can shield with it, and it's an elven weapon. So yep. even if they're fight five, yeah. you win the roll-offs. Yeah. My favorite from because I play a lot of orcs. My favorite for this one is to grab an orc hero and charge their mid-level hero or even their big hero with my orc captain, and yes. just sit there and shield. Or mm, works just, very well for Gondor because yeah. they have those defense seven captains. Defense yep. seven is almost the the ideal for this one. You want to make it so the six is to wound. Yeah. And when the six is to wound, it's just frustrating because they don't really want to use the might on that. And even if they do, they have to do two and a half wounds potentially. Yeah. Um, it's it's a good way of slowing it down and. Yeah, keep keeping them annoyed. So the die slowly is we basically go into a defensive yeah. setup. Yeah. Um, there is a third 
pos- uh, there is a third place where you'll see the die slowly, yep. and that's if you've broken the enemy. Mm. Yes. And you just want them to run. So mm. you sort of huddle your guys around, say, if it's protect the banner, protect the yes. leader. Banner and leader go in the middle. Army forms up around them. And you don't need to fight the enemy at that point. Mm. The other thing you can do there is even trickier and just engage just the captains. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So that, so to get rid of the stand fast yep. and then, yep. yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, that, those, are, those are good tactics. So I'll have a quick break and then we're going to come back with more objective-specific tactics because this throws your game plan away entirely. Mm-hmm. And we're back. So, listener, we're now going to look at some of the missions in the rule book. I like how you said listener because we're assuming there's only one person listening. To well, there's only one person listening at a time, isn't there? Well, depends. They might be. What am I going to say? Session. Like use guys or anything like that? No, no, no. We'll record this and we'll send it round to one person. They'll send it on to the next. It'll be fine. I don't want to list all four of them. <laughs> it makes it feel more personal as well. That's right. We're we're talking to you. Whoever is listening to this, yeah. we're talking. Directly to you Nick is actually pointing at this moment (laughs) That's right Nick knows where you are I'm pointing in the direction of where you're sitting right now (laughs) Okay, well there there goes our third wall or fourth wall Or any other walls we've got So we're going to look at four main types of scenarios overall We're going to list the names And I've actually got the real names for them So we're going to make this very clear to the listeners Not just my silly names Uh, We've got the objective type scenarios Which include domination, capture control, heirlooms of ages past What are they really called, Dave? That's what they're called I don't know. Um, David so will look them up later when we when we go through individual ones. Okay. Then we've got combat type objectives. So I've just grouped in to the death, Lords of Battle, Clash by Moonlight, or whatever that one's called now. The 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 one that Shakespeare estate sued them, so they took out Il Met by Moonlight, um, Cortez to Champions, and Fog of War. So they these sound ones, like some combat related missions. Basically, yeah. you're going to win this combat by fighting combats. Yep. Then there's ones where it's basically at all costs get to the middle. So this is hold ground and seize the prize. Yes. So run to the middle. Sometimes stay in the middle, sometimes do something tricky. Sometimes but, run away. But get to but the middle. But get to the middle. Get yes. to the middle. And then there's the run missions, like Reconnoiter and Storm the Camp, where your aim is to get to the other side, past the enemy, 
which is can be tricky as well. So we'll look at some general game plans and whether they overrule your, your other game plans. Because in some missions, they don't. Mm. Whereas other missions, I think they do. You, you, your game plan mm. is consistent in this mission. This is what you have to do. Everyone does it, yeah. So we're going to start with the objective ones. Domination. So for domination, we're looking at the good one. And yeah. domination is just called the good one. Yes. Or this, domination. This is the mission that if you say which mission we're playing and you say the good one... If the opponent doesn't know it's domination, then they're probably a new player. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say the reason why I call this one the good one is that every game plan works on it. Yep. Yes. As long as you're willing to, at the end of the game, get on three plus objectives, it doesn't matter what you do. You can run at the enemy, kill them quickly, and then away from them, you go can... past. You can avoid and wrap around them. You can engage them all and then use some other models to, to get to the objectives. You can just prevent them from getting on objectives. Just mm-hmm. say, right, I'm just going to stop you, and then I only have to get one or two. A lot of the trick with this one is because every plan works, is to try and look at your opponent's army, figure out which plan they are going to use. So if they have deployed everything on the center line and they have overlapping auras, they've set up some sort of double bubble, they're probably going to punch forwards in one giant block. Yeah, don't so and then, but choose a plan. They're also going to be looking at your army and looking at what your plan is. Yes. So you need to think about what their plan is and then what they're going to think about the counter plan to your plan is and then you've got to counter the yes. plan to the plan that they planned. But, no, but, they that far. but Iacane powder comes from Australia. Uh, so we have the edge. Ah, uh, of course, of course. <laughs> For this one, make sure you're fighting combats by halfway through the game. Yes. So... It's, it's one that it's very tempted to dance around and not engage and not engage and not engage, especially if you're an avoidance army. Yeah. One of the best ways to play an avoidance army, this one, is to let them play their game and then make sure you're on the objectives and then almost play in a very controlled tempo where it's, I'm going to let you make increments to get back and I'm not going to let you wrap around. I'll just block mm-hmm. you off and you have to fight through me, which oftentimes these armies can't do. Yes. The other big mistake is splitting up your army to sit on the objectives from turn one. You don't need to. Not but, in this one. No, but often in. someone will... I'll, I've often played opponents that are like, I've got to get to the objectives now and then they've split up their army and you can it kill it. It depends on how fast your army moves. Because yeah. some people do that. If they're faster than you, yep. they split up to try and convince you that you know there's this vulnerability. Your yep. infantry starts slogging towards this group out on a far-flung objective yep. and they just ride off. But that's, that's a perfect draw the enemy towards your tactic where yes. you just go and just say, right, I'm going to sit on these three objectives and I want the, the combat to be right in the middle mm-hmm. and then I'm going to envelop you right in the middle of those three objectives. But you bait them with the objectives. So yes. This is my objective. Oh, you might be able to get this one and then all the support suddenly comes. And mm-hmm. um, You can also do some tricky stuff with this one where... You go for back objectives. Yep. So they, they usually set up a really good defense on the front objectives. If you can find a way to run yep. through that and go and attack their back objectives. Yep. If you're playing the long edge of a 6x4 board, the opponent cannot cover the entire center line. They just mm. can't do it. If you have more warbands than them, your last warband can probably just steal a flank march. Yep. Yeah, and then it's a, almost a die slow with the rest of the army. You yes. hold off while the other goes and gets objectives mm-hmm. or... Lots yeah. of tactics you do in this one. It's yes. a real. It's the good one because all the tactics work. Yes, and all the counter tactics work. And all oh, the counter it's, counter it's tactics quite a thing. So the next one is a variation of domination, capture and control. Yes. This one you have to tag the objectives, which are always in a fixed close cross, essentially. Yes. So that it's not a fir- as far away. Domination you can do tricky stuff, especially if you're a cav army and put them really far away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In this one you know where they are, and this is the one where those aggressive armies actually really like it because they can go touch the objectives early and then just leave them. Yes. With this one, you've got to especially watch for that one model that gets behind you. Yeah, if one model tag, gets behind you in domination, it, yeah. it only takes one objective from you. Especially if they're a fast model. Like a bat swarm or yeah. a... Yeah, yes. bat swarms love Or a captain one. on a horse or... Yes. Yeah, yeah heroic combat captains. Sometimes you can speed them up by... Yep. 
at doing that, if they've got two horses with them, whatever, they can go in combat, yeah. kill it, and end up tagging yeah. three in a turn. Oh, mm. it's scary. Yeah. The most common mistake, though, that you will see with these two missions is people who decide at the start of the game, I'm going to camp on these three objectives, and then I'll end the game holding three. Yeah. Because if, cont- if you never push forward, never contest, yep. you're probably going to be end up being broken, because... Your, yours was a static army. Yes. The opponent chose when to charge. And they only need to take one from yes, you. Yes, that's the trick. Yeah. So if you've given up break, you haven't sought for leader kill. And yeah, all they need to do is tie that one objective in the middle. And isn't this the one where you just have to get one model in contact with the objective to tag yes. it? Yes. Yeah. And, and then it then becomes no a draw. Yeah, yes. so this one, heroes love this because they can walk in and do enough damage that they're, mm. they're in contact but with it. Even in a full-up domination, one hero halves the points you're getting from an objective. So I've had games where Hummer has, you know, walked up and gone, I'm within three, this is now contested. Yeah. You have 30 Hunter Orcs here, I don't care. Yeah, I am true. but one man, I contest this objective. Yeah. I call that dropping the Hummer. Very nice. I would be very careful if you're an avoidance army or a shooting army or a knockdown army, like the Rivendell Knight sort of combination. Don't try to get them early. Yeah, it's tough. You mm. almost you give them up for the first turn, let the enemy come towards you, then yep. either draw them so far away that they can never get back mm-hmm. to the objectives or kill them, and then quickly get the objectives yes. to the end. Almost the foot Rohan style, but you're yeah. relying on your speed to get back to the middle rather than just bogging the enemy down in piles of guys. Yeah. So if, if the enemy sets up on the front line and you know they're coming forward, mm-hmm. don't try to contest those objectives. Mm-hmm. That you're playing into their hands big yep. time. Yes. And... But Conversely. have a plan to yeah. get them back. Yeah, how are you going to get them back? It's usually sneak you guys around the side yeah. or punch right through the middle. Yes. Um, Wait for the enemy to overextend. Overextend, yep. Yeah, force them back, draw them back, and then hit them really hard in the middle and then essentially circle around to block them back where they are. It's usually a die slowly tactic at that point because you, you mm-hmm. use up a lot of resources. Glorious last stand. But it doesn't matter. Like It's about getting objective. It's not a yes. Break is in part of it, but it's only a small part. Mm-hmm. The The... The Spanner in the Works one here is the Heirlooms of Ages Past. Because mm-hmm. this one, not only do you not know where the objective is, yep. you don't know how you're going to deploy. It's one of those random deployment ones. Yep. So this one, David's got a handy guy in the Tactical Dictionary, which is worth looking at. Yeah, this is also the other banner one, which is yes. a thing to remember. It's also known as Vanishing Domination. Because you go to all that trouble, <laughs> you secure an objective, but then there was no objective. Yeah, it's. I, I find it really interesting, but it can be very swingy because... Yep. Sometimes you, you just, the first thing you get is the objective and they can never get to it. Yep. Usually the tactic for this one is to not, if you must have an objective in a certain spot, mm-hmm. do not pick up that objective until yep. the very end. If you control it. If yeah. you can, because you've got more chance of it being the last one than it is the first one. Yes, because how the probability works in this one is every time you walk up to an objective, you roll a dice. On a six, it is the objective. So always a one in six chance. However, the last objective is always... Yes. The um the prize if it hasn't been found so far. So you can't have a game with no objective. Mm-hmm. This means just rolling, you know, a D6. The chances of it being one of the first five objectives is roughly 60%, which means the sixth, that one at the end, at the start of the game, there's a 40% chance it's that one. Yeah. As that go, as you play through the game, the chances of it being that last objective increase until... Until when there's only two left, the one that you search, you're looking at a 16% chance. The one that you don't search is up to an 83% chance. Mm. This one's one of those games where, because of the deployment, you, one of your objectives is to to get your army close together. So it's mm-hmm. a functional fighting force. No matter what style you're playing, you want to get your army together. And you want to make sure that you usually at that point have one of the objectives that, that is well truly in your territory. Yes. That one you want to... Don't, don't, don't grab if possible. 
unless you're feeling really lucky. Unless you're feeling really lucky, I would avoid that. Now, if you've got two, by all means, go for one of them and leave the other. Yes. Because mm. that, that way, because if you get it early, mm. then you can just wall off and die yeah. slow on it. But you want to try and find a way to pressure the opponent to check if it's the objective as soon as possible. So yes. I like to hold models back and then overwhelming force like one objective at a time to try to push them, make it so threatening that if it is that objective, I can still push the enemy mm. off it. If it's not that objective, the enemy's committed a lot, and then I can do a quick kill on that group of enemy. The other thing is, if you have more banners than the opponent, you can try and goad them into picking up objectives. Like, I'm ahead. Yes. You're, you know, yeah, you're, no, you're going to have to make up ground here. Mm. No objective means that I'm going to win, yeah. Mm-hmm. Killing banners as well is a, is a nice tactic on its own, and mm-hmm. that that's something there. But I think the main thing there is to find out when you grab the objective yes. and what yep. do you do. And once you know it's the objective, it's all about stopping the enemy getting to it and getting as many models as you can on it. Yes, and watch out for that transfix. It can come up at really weird times. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some good, good, good little micro tactics for it. But we're doing game plans rather than the individual tactics. Mm. The combat scenarios. These ones, once again, you can usually use any game, game plan. Yes. Yeah, they're similar to Domination in that you can use whatever your army style is, mm-hmm. you, can, you can go and win it. I will say, with these more so than Domination, the trick becomes trying to determine where combat and yeah. if combat will happen. Yes. Because domination has those five objectives. Capture and control has set places on the board where combat will happen. Yep. With these ones, you say contested champions, you start in the middle. But something like a to the death, the whole board is open. Yep. There's nothing tying you to any particular point. Yep. So you need to be able to look at your army, look at the opponent's army, gauge the speed, gauge yes. any terrain benefits and try and figure out where the fight will happen and then maneuver accordingly. That's yeah. why I like these scenarios in particular because you it, it's like a freestyle with your army. You, you're not constrained to have to complete this or this or this. It's how am I best going to fight? Yep. The downside is quite a lot of these it's a case of if you break they break and then you know. They also sometimes because we had the issue with avoidance armies earlier mm-hmm. on with their timing out, avoidance armies love these scenarios in general yes. because they don't have to Engage or things like um, Lords of Battle, killing a couple models is enough just yep. to get ahead. And yep. then you just pull out and you never come back. Yeah, so it's it's they can be frustrating to play in that sense. And this is these are the ones that people go, why won't you ever engage me? Yeah. And you say, why would I? Yeah. Why mm-hmm. would I? So they sometimes, you have to be very clever. Sometimes the best tactic on them is to just wall off the board. So yes. spread out as long as you can, as thin as you can, and just push the enemy somewhere. Though the risk in that point becomes defeat in detail. If yep. the opponent's avoiding you, they're probably faster than you. Yep. That means they can concentrate faster than you can. They can pick a point in your you know, thin yep. blue line and just punch straight through it. Mm. Yeah, so you've got to be really careful. These can be challenging to play, especially against avoidance armies. Mm. Um, in terms of specifics, to the death is the one that's doesn't have anything to do with to the death. It's it's trying to kill the banner. Kill the banner. And the, yes. the leader kill as well. Mm-hmm. So it's usually this one is literally kill the banner early and yep. then force them to come at you. Yep. Lords of Battle is just overwhelming force. Just kill as many things as quickly as possible. Like that's um and if it's by shooting, yes. if it's by combat, whatever. Subtract your casualties from the casualties of the enemy. Yep. If the number is positive, it is a glorious victory. <laughs> yes, yes. Um Clash by Moonlight can be tricky because uh, because the missile weapons, for some reason, are more damaging but less range. Yeah, the reason is that you can't see as far because it's night time, but it's more difficult to avoid the it's arrows. Easy. Yeah, you can't because dodging arrows is pretty much what you're doing in a standard yeah. game. So it makes sense to me. Oh, yeah. The trick with this one also is it's only really damage on heroes you're looking at. 
Uh, it's the ability to kill more heroes. Uh, breaks, breaks important. Break, breaks break yes. is huge. Breaks if you break and are unbroken, it's five points. True. I'm thinking most games um, that I've had with this both break. Yeah, that, or, I can see where that's. Yeah, so it comes down to just purely how many heroes have you killed. Yeah. So I've had games of this where your heroes just stand back and you send wave after wave of your own troops in because you only need to get that one hero kill if the opponent has the heroes in the front yep. and you've got them, you're ahead. Likewise, if you have any missile weapons, setting up to have one turn where you just go everything at a hero is yeah. well worth it's it really because they, they do yeah. take wounds off. Also, bring Alfhelm if you've got an option. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, Alfhelm's scary. There's, there's quite a few. Hasharin even? Yes. Um, they, they love this one. Any, any throwing weapons are great, but those throwing weapon heroes are particularly mm. good. Mm. Um, what's the elf one? Is it a restore that has... Yeah, a restore. Yeah, yeah with the, the re-rolls to wound with your throwing weapons. Yeah, there's some really powerful ones. Contest of Champions, it's not our favourite one, but basically you've got to find a way to either kill off the enemy hero as soon as possible, yep. or to make it so that the enemy hero is bogged down and yours can go and disappear and yep. kill as many small troops yep. as possible. This game is quite often a non-event because most people when they're writing their list will build in a way of shutting down a hero. Yes. So if that's the entire game, I've got my entire army along to shut down your one hero. That's all I have it's to do. The quite, rest of the army's rubbish. It's quite common to have nil all draws with the kill count because yes. both this, armies shut down their opponent. This one really annoys me because it forces you to put your biggest and best hero in the middle of the board and within forces you to three inches of the middle. That's yeah. important. A bit. But it's within range of a paralyze or a transfix yes. or a compel and then or something. You've got to put your whole army there to support it because if you don't, then you lose your big hero. Yes, and yeah, it it really forces you into this. So you either need yes. some sub heroes or magic or something to try and release the hero and then reset, or, or it's just pin their hero and just go killing. Yeah. Or if you sacrifice a front line, yeah, because you're within three inches of the middle, so you can drop a row of guys, assuming the opponent doesn't have crazy throwing weapons or magic to get through that. Mm. The opponent goes in. If you cannot fight the enemy head on, the rest of your army goes. I'm sorry, you know, front line. We're leaving. Yeah, but um, don't don't you have to? Don't the two heroes have to be in, in the center of the board? Within three of the center. But but nothing else can be in that. Their warband. Right? I believe the leader's warband can. Yeah. Oh, it must maybe it was Kylie's version for the Masters one year that was like it was only the heroes that go in the middle. Yeah, they have, it's, it's one of the ones where there's been different versions yeah, and different yeah. versions. Yeah, there, there has. One of the ones I don't mind is when you can replace a hero. So if your hero dies, another one appears and carries on. You get some sort of penalty for the amount of kills. I don't mm. mind that one. But even then, if you're designing a tournament, I'd almost avoid this one if possible. Mm. Like it's just, it can be a non-event and not, mm-hmm. like it could be over in one turn. Yep. So yes. if someone walks ahead and gets their hero into your hero with a transfix, bang. Yep. Dead. Though why is your hero in the front rank? If the opponent has a transfix, uh, your hero should not be in the barge, front rank. Um, any, yep. any, it, there's ways of yeah. getting there. There's, there's, there's ways of doing it. But yeah, there's so many ways and it's not mm-hmm. nice. Even, yeah, mass throwing weapons, whatever. Um, Fog of War is a very interesting one. I think it's got a different gameplay to some of the others. Mm-hmm. Yes. Fog of War, one of the things you have to do is capture an objective on the other side of the board. Yes. So the enemy cannot capture your objective, your side of the board terrain piece, if they never get to your side of the board. That's yes. Nice. So this is one of those ones where I love to fight on the enemy side of the board at all costs, even with an avoidance mm-hmm. army. It's yep. I need to get yes. forward and f- somehow fight on their side of the board. But that's that's a good tactic in any game. Uh, if you can take the fight to the opponent, you control more of the board, you put them on the back foot, you seize the initiative. Yeah. It's just always a good idea to bring the fight to the opponent. Yeah. The nice thing as well is you've got a lot of tactics in this about getting them to guess so you can go hard towards one uh, 
one piece of terrain where and it might be yours it might not be but it doesn't matter as long as you're getting over to their side of the board it's going to put them under pressure and you just find a way to at all costs stop them getting to your side of the board mm. most of the things will be even out then you usually end up protecting a hero killing a hero whatever yes they will usually come out even it's usually that terrain piece that you mm. get and that's that's just deciding where the game's fought so they're the combat ones to the middle ones there's only two of these hold ground which is that's the one that you Start on the edges and run to the middle. Random, am I right? Random deployment. Yep. Yeah. Start the edge, run to the middle. This one, it lends itself to the quick kills tactic. Yep. You can often just find a warband and just wipe it out just because yes. of deployment. So it works well for there, but you've got to make sure you're getting to that objective. Yep. And then ideally, the best best way to do this is get to the objective and then wall it off just past the objective so the enemy can't get onto it. Yes. So yeah, cavalry love this one. The Rohan cavalry, they can get to the objective really quickly they, they can do the quick kills they find something isolated they just wipe it out or or just knock it down yeah do first attack kill some knock some down then just leg it away and they, they're not going to get there in time then you get to the middle you start shooting yeah if they come forward you're right out you knock them out again there, there's um you basically want to get if you're an infantry army or anything slow get to the middle and fight in the middle as soon as possible don't get bogged around on the side yeah but but by all means wall off and die slow if you can prevent the enemy coming in by all means. If, however, the enemy is a really elite army and they don't have the numbers to wall off the center, yep. that's the only time when you can spend those turns at the edge getting your army organized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, because sometimes you'll have an all-hero force in the middle and you will be able to hit and wrap that. They won't be able to keep you off the middle. If you've got significant numbers advantages, you don't mind in this one going after a single warband. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. Cause Taking I've done the this, time to I've done this in an all-court against like Rohan, where I just said, right, I'm just going to kill that one warband. I know they're going to get 12 models on the objective, but then I'm going to slowly walk forward with another 30. Yes. And they have to deal with that. But they, they, they mm-hmm. can't just avoid me because I'm going to get the numbers there. Um, seize the prize is another one, like Contest of Champions, where yeah, it's... Yeah, you want to run past. You've got one game yep. plan. And yeah. that game plan is to dig up the objective, then either protect it mm-hmm. on your own side or, or get it forward, forward as yeah. fast as you can. This one is even more dictated, though, than oh, Contest of Champions. Because Contest of Champions, you can bring your army to bear. You can, there's different things mm-hmm. you can do. Here, it's no. Everybody, maximum speed to the middle. Yeah. yeah. Um, get the objective, get the objective, yeah. and then reset your game plan. Yes. And then you have to make a choice. You, then it might be a die slow. It might be yes. just, I'm just going to die with the objective. Because the objective is worth so many points. Yeah. If you're holding that, you're good. The best thing to do is to die slowly on their side of the board. Yes. If you can do that, if you can get the, if you can get the objective off, you win. Straight yes. away. Just game over. Mm-hmm. If you can get the objective on their side and die slow, you'll win almost all the times. Yeah, unless they wipe you out. Yeah, and usually you die with your hero. Your leader eventually gets the objective. You say, I'm going to be the last person to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that one's... Uh, there's all kinds of suggestions about how to make it a bit more competitive once again tournament organizers I would try to avoid that one if you can just because it's agreed if someone knows how to play it it's it's the same game every single Mm -hmm. time like Mm -hmm. contest of champions it's the same game it's just this Mm -hmm. is what my army does and people can design armies around it the old bat swarm armies or fly armies guahia or other things if you know you're playing this one bring a compel whatever you do just so when the bat swarm picks it up turn one you can bring the bat swarm to you and march just get to the middle yep get to the middle you need many models in the middle you need a march you need a compel you need cav that marches if your cav can march with a drum and a compel oh so good yeah Yeah. just get forward get forward Mm -hmm. the old Galadrim cavalry that Ran 17 inches because of yep. 12 plus 5. Oh, yep. man, so good. Yeah, run past the objective if you yes. can as well. That, yeah, you that's run great. past it, yep. wall it off, yep. and then have someone jump off. Or the if the enemy something. goes first, yeah, you can pal them towards you. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, all kind. Of, yeah, look, it's it's a good if you design your armies around it. 
and make sure they're roughly even. You can have some exciting games, mm. but you on, that, on the condition that you play without a time limit. Yes. Yeah. Because that's the difficulty. In a tournament, this one is balanced on the idea that the game doesn't end at a quarter. The game ends when both armies quarter or one player gets the objective off the board. Yes. Mm. That's never going to happen in a timed it game. It doesn't happen no. in a tournament. No. So oh, no, I've, I've gotten it off the board in a timed game once. Yeah, but that that's getting it off the board. You won anyway. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. the end condition of both armies both quarter. Armies quarter. Yeah. So if you wipe out the enemy and try and take the object from him, it's not going to happen in the time limit. Yeah. And and you can get prevent that just by doing the die slowly tactics because yes. you don't kill them. Yeah. So the game yeah. keeps going. Keeps find a going. find a building. Find a quarter corner of the board. Find yep. anything. It takes um, way longer than it than a, a tournament standard one. Mm. Um, but it, it actually it's not a, like as long as we design our armies about it. So if it's say my Gond- it's Gondor yep. versus orcs. Yeah. Um, in a game where David and I say we're playing six hundred points and we're going to play until proper conditions. Yep. That's interesting because suddenly we can't just fly it off the board. Or that's we right. Yes. We don't have super speeding armies. We might both march, mm-hmm. but then we're fighting infantry to infantry. Yep. And but someone, to in that case, somebody will still get the move off. Somebody will still get to push will. past the center. But then I can go offensive and kill you as quickly as possible yes. and then say, right, because mm-hmm. you have to get me to a quarter. I'm going to kill your guy holding the objective. Then mm-hmm. I'm going to be the last person left with it. Yes. And then I'm going to walk it off slowly. Mm-hmm. The last two are the run objectives. And I don't mind these ones, but there are ones mm-hmm. that some people don't like. They do take a long time. Yes. They do take a long time. Reconnoiter, your aim is to get at least one model off right the, through off the yep, board. Preferably you, three. You come on slowly. Yes. So your deployment is pretty much controlled in this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you've got to really go for the game plan of do you engage every model and then try to win on non-reconnoitered conditions? Mm-hmm. Or do you constantly try to push something fast through in the hopes that yep. you can get off quick enough? It can be tricky to do. Yep. I think your tactic in this one comes down to the comparative model counts. Yep. Mm. Um, when I used to play a lot of Gondor, this was an auto win. I would match the opponent warband for warband. When they ran out of warbands, I'd have two left. Yep. One would go down one flank, one would go down the other. If the opponent split up into half warbands, a warband of Gondor will stomp on your half warband. Because yeah. uh, only one of your half warbands has its leader with it. Yeah, and the um, the only tactic you can really do against that one is the quick kill. Yes, is you go full speed, you march, you do everything you can to get into combat as soon as possible, and you kill as quickly as possible. Yes, and then hope to get to the point where it starts breaking, and mm-hmm. you constantly move. You're not even trying to threaten the reconnoiter necessarily. You're just trying to kill things quickly, preferably mm-hmm. anything that's going to run off. Yep. But you just go as fast as you can, kill. You get the leader kill. You potentially get the break, and then you hope that that the game ends before the opponent's able to get enough models off. Yes. So that's um, This is tricky. also the controversial one where you need to ask the TO what your end conditions are. Yeah, there is because a lot of Because that will affect the yep. speed of your hit and running off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so to talk to your tournament organizer about how they're going to rule it, because I know that, that basically every second person that reads it, it says it's, it's definitely this way, it's definitely this. The game might either end like just models that can't get off the board don't count for ending the game, or they might count for ending the game, depending on depending on how you read it. How they read it, yeah, it's it's, uh, yeah, and I, I'm it's not, just we, a warning. Check with your check. With your, it's we, entirely their say. We talked about our opinion before. We're not going to mm. give a ruling on this. You have to get a ruling from your organizer yes. because they will. They're guaranteed to rule it in the opposite way when you ask them. Yes, yeah, and get it at the start of the game so it causes no for controversy. Everyone, put your hand up and ask what happens. Yes. Before the game starts, before mm-hmm. deployment, before everything, mm-hmm. yell out and be that person. Mm-hmm. And then everyone goes, oh, not this again. Good. Because yes. then the organizer might write it in the actual book instead. Yes. And um, the last one, the last one. Storm mm-hmm. the Camp. This one, 
once again, time is always the issue in Storm the Camp. It's tough, yep. It's, it's a, the game plan... People have two game plans in this song, really, don't mm-hmm. they? They have, I'm not even going to bother going for the objective. I'm going to sit here and camp yep. back and just wait to fight where I want to be, which is in my own objective, because mm-hmm. I don't break because mm-hmm. I'm near my objective. Yes. If I've got missile weapons, I will shoot you. As you close, as yes. As you close, and if you time out, we'll get a draw at worst. Yep. This is one of the reasons why you always should try and have more shooting than your opponent. Yeah. Um, just because, again, it encourages them to come to you. Yeah. Um, having a march is always good just to cut down that long slug across the board. outside of shooting range with this and just play for the draw if you wanted to. I you can, but where's the fun in that? What you've yeah. got to do is almost like get to a point where, okay, you're outside shooting range, get everything as close as possible. Yep. And then you go the full speed forward if you want to be aggressive. Mm. And then it's the mm-hmm. get, engage their archers as soon as possible. Yes. Yep. And then just try to do like full mm. full power there. If the game ends, who cares? They're not going to get back to your objective in time. Yes. So it's 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 the key is to not go piecemeal. Yes. You don't want one warband to go in their archer no, range get killed. You want literally everything, multiple mm-hmm. targets with your high defense guys yes. in front. Full speed then. Yes. Get into combat with the archers. The most common mistake because. Um, this is an episode where we're talking about mistakes, is to yeah. attempt both at the same time. Mm. You'll see people, will they'll split their army in half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, in that case, you can break them without ever engaging those guys on the back quarter, and then you can just roll in with your superior numbers at yeah, that yeah. point. The, in this one, if you're going full aggression, because the, it gets to a corner of the board, mm. there is no problem just leaving one or two models back just in case. Yes. If, you yep. see, if you see three bat swarms, you might leave three models back or four models it back. It depends yeah. also which version of this you're using. Because if you're using the one that came in the General's Handbook, the camp can be destroyed mid-game. If you're uh, using yep. the reprint uh, in the main rules book, the camp is destroyed at the end of the game. So if the enemy gets three bad swarms through, you can look at that and go, well, I'll send five guys yeah, back in two out, turns Find out which time. version you're playing and make sure you, you're doing that. Because that, that, that's actually some ways more interesting. Yes, because if, e- if your camp can be destroyed mid-game, you must leave guards. Yeah. It's not optional. See, I would think I, I would love this if it was the opposite way around. You don't break if you're in the enemy's camp. Yes, and that would be cool. Because the problem is you're getting this bonus for doing nothing. Yeah, I, I think the bonus you're should be... You're the bonus for, where you start. Yeah, mm-hmm. it should be the other way around because yep. it forces you then to go across. Because mm-hmm. then, then, the problem is you get like Goblin Town or whatever where they just put 12 models in the, the thing. They don't have to have a leader. They can just sit there for no yep. cost and you mm-hmm. never get it. I think it seems like they introduced that because they didn't want to force you to leave a hero behind. They wanted you to be yeah. more aggressive but they gave you a defensive bonus to encourage you to be aggressive. It didn't quite... Mm. That's the problem. Is yeah. you, need a, you need an aggression bonus for this one. Yes. And if anything, this is the one that should have that ill-met-by-moonlight rule yes. for shooting. So yes, make it lethal, but give us 12 inches of shooting instead yep. of that. And then the, the archers have to come forward yep. and then pull back slowly instead of just hugging in the camp. Yep. If you have artillery or something like that as well, it's just, oh, it's just a non-game. Yep. Uh, once again, like Caesar Prize... Great if you set up two forces. David and I set up but two forces and design for it. Yes. Um, like or if you've too. got if you've got some way to games. bring the opponent out of their camp. Yeah. Um, so if if that's more shooting, yeah. if that's just goading them into it, um, whatever you need to do. What I like is an army that's got a good amount of shooting versus an army yes. that's got a good amount of magic. Yes. Because then they've both got something to draw people around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or if you've just got more numbers. So if they choose to fight in their camp, you can swamp them. Yeah. This is one that's it's a good basis for your own scenarios, but as a tournament game, just because of the time... The timing is yeah. what kills it. Like, if, if, if you're an organizer and you really want this in your pack, give more time. Or extend deployment zones. 
Or give give like way more points for getting the objectives and make yeah. it a part of your tournament. Like so people who get a draw don't get much of a bonus. Yeah. Yes. I would give almost nothing for a draw in this one. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, that's that's the main scenarios. Thank you for coming on. It was a nice quick episode for us now. We've we've our episode's been going for a while, but it was four good hours, to get three hours. Yeah, four three hours. Which is good, but it's good to, to talk to you about that. Hopefully that answers some questions, listeners. If it doesn't Contact David, he'll answer yep. them for you. Yeah, just I, read I, the tactics manual. Yeah, I did promise to tell people my critical errors um, that I had made mm-hmm. at the start. So you've all been waiting. Yes. Uh, the the most critical error that will affect your game plan is not reading the... Um, the objectives. No, not reading the player's pack in enough detail. Oh. So the year that, uh, what are they called, display boards were introduced? Yep. I missed that. It was worth two points. I came second by a point. Oh. Uh, and the year they put an S on the requirement for conversions in the uh, painting points. So conversions, plural, was worth yeah. a point. I had conversion, singular. Oh. Didn't get the point, scored a draw, lost on countback. Oh, that's a killer. That's so serious. So yes, read the player's pack. Um, with all the S's. Yes, with all the S's. Formatting is important. Watch the italics. Um, were either of you at Cavalry Charge? No. That was a tournament years ago that Kylie ran because she got annoyed that people weren't reading the players pack. Uh, the tournament was scored using golf scoring and you gained extra points per turn that your game went for. So if you ended your games fast, you scored less, which was good. Oh, wow. Oh, Except wow. nobody knew because nobody read the players packs. So we all showed up with regular armies and played regular games <laughs> in a regular tournament. Kylie looked at us and went, none of you read it, did you? We're all like, no. <laughs> yeah, people don't so read So, yeah, this. read the player's pack. Yeah, we say that, but we're hypocrites because I don't read them. Well, no, I've just told you I don't. But Get someone to give you the gist of it or maybe get them to record it as a podcast of some kind and talk it to you. Yeah, that could work. Mm, very, yeah, that's, very that's, much that's a good, good idea. way to do it. Well, thank you both for coming on again. Remember, the best game plan is Traps Win Games. Indeed. Thank you for listening to the Green Dragon Podcast. Please be advised that the Green Dragon podcast is not suitable for children, the elderly, pregnant women, those with a history of heart conditions, or anyone expecting to receive worthwhile advice. You can contact us on thegreendragonpodcasts at gmail.com. Yes, it has an S at the end. Or our Facebook page, The Green Dragon Podcast. We do not claim ownership of any works based on J.R.R. Tolkien, New Line Cinema, Warner Brothers, or Games Workshop. This podcast is purely for entertainment. The thoughts, as rare as they are, are solely that of our hosts and guests. Farewell, listener, until we meet again.